Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. Okay, welcome to Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor. My name is Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. We have an awesome guest for you today. She is the founder of the ICANN Institute. She is also a premier business mindset expert serving women in direct sales and network marketing. And her revolutionary approach is designed to create business success from the inside out. She merges proven ICANN neuro tools with skill-based business training, liberating direct sales professionals from mental ruts, emotional fears, and personal limitations resulting in unprecedented growth. And if you're having mindset issues or getting into mental ruts that are preventing you from going to the next level in your business, she is the person to listen to. So let me welcome my friend, Deb Erickson. How are you doing today, Deb? Hey, Victor. I am doing fabulous. I am so excited to be here. How about you? Oh, I'm doing great. And I'm just so excited to have you here today because, you know, I have learned a lot from listening to you. And I know our audience is going to get a lot out of listening to all the neuroscience stuff you're going to teach and that will help them get these uh, breakthroughs that will help them on their business because mindset is one of the biggest you know, destroyers of success. If you don't have the proper mindset, if you don't have that mental clarity, you cannot get to the next level. So I'm really excited to hear what you have to share. And I like to start off by uh, first hearing your story. How did you get involved in the neuroscience field? What made you want to, you know, get into it? Yeah, you know, I, I will tell you that um, as a high school student, it really started way back then. I didn't know <laughs> neuroscience, but my coach, my high school basketball coach was into at that point in time was called positive mental attitude, PMA, right? And um, it was the kind of the leading edge of the human performance uh, industry where we were all trying to kind of up-level our performance. And mm -hmm. she taught it to me really uh, on a very base level where I could apply it first to my sports and then to my academics. And, and what I learned at that point in time was that I had 100% control over where my mind went, right? And so all of my early childhood, uh, the abuse, the, the uh, ridicule, the judgment, the stuff that I grew up with, I had an opportunity to reframe it and rewire it so that it actually became the fuel for my life instead of the block of my life. And um, that's really where I got, I got inspired. But I have to tell you, it actually goes back further than that because my grandfather mm -hmm. was on the team with Napoleon Hill, right? He used uh -huh. to help Napoleon Hill go around, you know, the country and hold his think and grow rich events. And so it's kind of, it's something that was always in the periphery of my life. And then when I, I went to school, I got educated as a teacher and a coach I got out into the real world, I realized that it had practical application, right? And it was like, oh, all of humanity really needs to understand, is this a mindset block that I'm experiencing? And if it is, what do I do? So when neuroscience kind of came of age and we started 
understanding um, how the brain is wired, why we get what we get in life, how our current reality and our behavior is really controlled by our mind. When, when that all came of age, and I would say that's probably about the last 15 years, um, all of a sudden the science um, became really exciting to me. I was never a math and a science person. You know, I was a coach, a, you know, a basketball coach and a teacher. But I realized that this, this could radically change people's lives. And I didn't mm -hmm. really want any other little girls growing up to be women who believed in limitations and blocks mm -hmm. and not enoughness. And that kind of became, that fueled my mission in life is to bring this understanding and these tools uh, to professionals, right, who are trying to create, entrepreneurs who are trying to create something new, something different for their own life and their family. I, I wanted to give them the tools they needed to close the gap between where they are and where they want to be. Awesome. That's great. And it's amazing. I didn't know your grandfather worked with the Napoleon Health Foundation. So yeah, yeah. It's been, I guess it's been running in the genes for uh, for many years right now. No, it's, and it's great. You want to help women over realize that these mental blocks, these things cannot stop it. They're, you know, you really, if you work on that mindset and you realize you're ultimately responsible for everything that happens to you, you can do a lot of great things. Mm -hmm. And so I know you've been working with a lot of women and, you know, especially a lot in not just entrepreneur, but a lot in the network marketing field, which is great considering over three quarters of the people in network marketing are women. And, 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 and I know you talk a lot about the how women approach network marketing versus how men approach the network marketing and how you've been able to help them overcome those mental gaps that stop them from getting to the next level because they have this great power in them, but a lot of times they don't realize it themselves. Do you mind want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I think what it is is that, that there is a traditional approach. It, mm -hmm. It's true in sales, in marketing, in entrepreneurial training, definitely in network marketing and direct sales. And the, and the traditional approach is really based on a male mindset model. And what I mean by that is simply the model that says, do more, right? It's numbers driven, it is results driven, it's action driven, it's force. It's about get out, you mm -hmm. know, it's kind of this energy that pushes in the world. Well, here's the truth, Victor, that works for 1% or less of the population, mm -hmm. seriously. And the reason is everything lines up. Their confidence is already there. They're will they have a high risk tolerance mm -hmm. quotient. So they're willing to take a risk. They're willing to face a fear. They can just, you know, they can just kind of suck it up cupcake and move into action. Mm -hmm. It's a very small percentage that can do that. And all of the traditional training really goes towards that mindset. Mm -hmm. And, and what it does is it says to those people, this is the way you, you become successful right? And the 1% have done that. And then we look at the rest of the world and say, just do it. Just get into action. Just make it happen. Just face your fear and do it anyway. But the truth is the vast majority of humanity have mental and emotional blocks and challenges and resistance to moving into action. And so our coaching strategies don't work for most people because just telling them to get into action doesn't work. You know, I, I heard somebody the other day say, um, if you will just repeat something over and over and over, let's say a script using a sales script, uh -huh. just repeat it over and over and over, it'll elevate your confidence. So 
while there is some truth to that, yes, repeating a skill set helps you master right the strategies and and the skills and therefore up levels your confidence in your ability. That is true. But if you can't take action day one, you never can get into repeat it a hundred times and you'll be confident. So it's kind of this self-fulfilling prophecy of, I don't have the confidence to take step one, but what you're telling me is if I take step one a hundred times, I'll build mm-hmm. my confidence. <laughs> <laughs> and so what the, the point is that I've, I'm always preaching in the world is, all right, we know that 97% of the people who we interviewed, right, around, around network marketing success, we said, what's the biggest challenge to you applying what you've learned and moving into action, 97% of them said mindset. And, and what they really mean is there's a thought or a belief or an emotion that is blocking. It's getting in the way, fear, doubt, uncertainty, insecurity. And so what, what we know is that we have to help bridge that gap or they will never move into action one time, let alone a hundred times. And so a traditional truth that if you if you repeat a pattern over and over and over and over again, your confidence will rise. I, I agree with that. And I also know that just telling someone to suck it up and be courageous doesn't mean that they can actually do it. But neuro tools help us do that because what a neuro tool does is it silences the fear center so that you can move easily and gracefully into action. That's where neuroscience gets really exciting. That is awesome. Just focusing on silencing the fear center because fear is what stops us. And I'm sure you've heard the acronym many times. Fear stands for false evidence appearing real. The vast majority of things we fear, Deb, never, ever come to pass. So in fact, if I understand, we're only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. So everything else we have learned. And so I guess we need, I guess neuroscience can help us unlearn many of those fears, correct? That's right. And so I love what you just said, and and you are exactly right. We're born with key fears, just two, falling and loud noises. And now what do both of those fears, what do both of those things have in common? is that they represent a potential threat on your Mm -hmm. life. And as a baby, you you don't know what's going to happen. There's a loud noise. It's like, ah, there's a threat, right? Or falling, I could die. And so what you, what you got to know is that's the way the fear center works. It's primitive. It's primal. It's very, it's very extreme. Mm -hmm. All fears feel like you will die. And so the key is, is that if we can master not just being courageous in spite of fear, yes, of course, that would be a wonderful thing for everybody to have, but most people can't get there. So the key is if we can calm the fear center first, then be courageous and move into action. Now you've got a winning combination. Use both of those things together. Oh, that makes sense because if you can like calm the fear down, it's much easier to take action. And I think that's a great combo to use. Now, uh, the brain, from what I understand, because you could uh, let me know if I'm saying this correctly, it's really not trained for us to go to the next level, to achieve all this stuff. Its, it's primary purpose is to 
protect us from fear and the unknown. So that's yeah. one of the reasons why when we try something that's new, trying to get us out of our comfort zone, a lot of times the brand's like, I don't like this. I would stay away from exactly. it. So, so even though we really want to do these things that we know can make our lives so much better, but yet we're so comfortable doing what we know, we know what to expect. We're often afraid to do that. So is, is getting, is working on that fear. How do we get to that next yeah. level, you know, not letting that uncomfort get to us, you know, because the brain wants to persist. How do we tell the brain, this is not bad for us. I really want to do this because this will make my life better. How would, right. you, how would you go about doing that? So here's the first thing I want you to, I just want to point out about what you just said. How do I tell my brain this is not a bad thing? So what you're saying is I'm going to use logic <laughs> to, to address the fear center. And so I'm going to say, no, you're not. No, you're not. And very rarely is logic going to do a darn thing, right? And that's what frustrates us because we're like, okay, it's not logical for me to be afraid. I know, but the fear center is not logical. But you said something else that's really important, which is you said we we stay stuck. We And so I want you to know your brain does this. Your brain lives in a box, mm -hmm. in a boundary, right? And so what you're saying is my goal is over here but my brain lives in this, and this is the box that says, this is as far as you can go. This is safe and secure to stay right here, but don't go anywhere else. So what happens is people start moving towards their goal, which lives over here, right? And then the brain says, no, 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 come back, come back. This is our set point, right? This is the thermostat that keeps us at a certain success level. So what do we, what do we need to do? Well, the obvious thing is we got to get our brain out of the box. Right. So the first way to do that is to simply expand, right, to expand this, the set point so that it, it's big enough to include, right, that goal. And then you set another goal out there and then you expand again. And sooner or later, the brain realizes it doesn't have to be bound by a definition and a boundary and a limit, but it takes a while to get there. And when we push and we use willpower and discipline, we force ourselves to step outside of our comfort zone. The problem is that you wake up tomorrow and find yourself outside your comfort zone. So then you have to deal with fear again that day. Mm -hmm. So you deal with fear again that day and then you step outside your comfort zone and you you're going to just perpetually deal with the brain trying to suck you back. And so, it, you know, philosophically, it makes sense to step outside your comfort zone. But again, that's kind of like face your fear and do it anyway. It's kind of like, all right, but what if we silenced the fear and we expanded our sense of safety and security with a bigger and bigger sense of self? You know, mm -hmm. we see it all the time, Victor, in this exact same uh, scenario, right? You see it in lottery winners. So people say, I, I'm going to start mm -hmm. my own business. I want to make a million bucks, right? I, I, I'm going to expand my, my income and my revenue and my success, fame and fortune. The problem is that your brain has an identity for you for fame and fortune. And it was established in your first seven years of life, we now mm -hmm. know. So when the brain has that identity and you step outside of it and the brain wants to pull you back. So we see it in lottery winners. Here's what happens. 80% of lottery winners who began the journey broke. So they had an identity. I'm broke. I'm a loser. I, I can't make things work. And then they win the mega millions 
So what's happened is they're outside of their comfort zone because they barely know how to just get by. Their, their brain is set for settle in mm-hmm. for just barely getting by. All of a sudden now they have mega millions where well, the brain doesn't know what to do with it. So 80% of them get rid mm-hmm. of the money in two years. I mean, that's amazing. 80% of people who start broke win mega millions manage to go back to broke in two years. Why? Because that's the power of set point. Set point will pull you back to the place that you're comfortable, right? Your mindset says, oh, this is where we live. And if you interview them, most of them will tell you, I was so uncomfortable with all that money. I, that I am so much more comfortable right where I am. No, absolutely. That's great. Yeah. That it really, we have what's, you know, like you said, was when we were young, we kind of have a financial thermostat. And if it goes out of whack, it's going to reset itself. And so their brain is resetting to what they were comfortable with. So I agree. What you need to do is expand that sense of safety and security in the brain. Expand your sense of self-worth. You need to work on that fast because then you can win the lotto, the lottery later. You'll keep most of that money instead of getting rid of it in two or three years. So, and so a lot of people don't understand this. They say, if I win the lottery, I'll be set for the rest of my life. But as you said, 80% of them are broke within a couple of years. So you really need to work on what's inside. And we were talking about the difference between logic and emotion. And in we markers, we say people buy on emotion and justify on logic layer. People think they make most of their choices on logic. Most of us are not Mr. Spock of Star Trek. We do it on emotion because what controls us? is really our subconscious mind. It makes the vast majority of the decisions. We like to think consciously, we want to be successful, we want all this, but subconsciously, we have all these things programmed in our mind. That uh, That's many of the things that, that sabotages, sabotages and block us. So I'd like for you to talk a little bit about the subconscious mind, how it affects us and what yeah. we could do to change the input that we give to the subconscious mind because it's so powerful. A lot of people underestimate its power. It's like, 90 to 95% of our mind. Yep. Yeah. Some scientists say 97% of because, and and the point is that you're only using your conscious mind about 3% of the time. So the rest of it's being run by the autopilot system, right? And that's Mm -hmm. your subconscious. So the, the truth is if consciously you try to use logic, right. And you're, and you're planning and you're being strategic and you do, that's only about 3% of the energy. Everything else is being run, like you said, by the autopilot set at the first seven years of life and then reinforced every year after. (laughs) So how do we change that? Well, first of all, the two really big keywords are repetition over time, repetition over time. So what I mean by that is that's how we got programmed to begin with. So your current limitation, whatever that limitation is, that was created by a repeat, a repeated energy time after time, after time, after time, over a period of seven years. So what scientists are now saying is, Hey, seven years seems to be the magic number. If you are willing to repeat, right. A completely new boundary, expanded boundary. If you're able to repeat that over time, seven years, guess what? You will have created a brand new identity. And I always get people to go seven years. I'm like, hey, seven years is going to pass anyway. Where are you going to be? Mm-hmm. Right. So it doesn't really matter. But here's the key. In order to reprogram the subconscious mind, 
think of the word subconscious. So what it's saying is this sits below your level of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So when you consciously, you make a vision board and you do a dream poster and you talk about where you want to go, what you're going to do, you know, and you dream big and all, all of that stuff is wonderful. And it's a piece of the puzzle, but it's like an iceberg. The biggest piece of the puzzle is sitting underneath the water. Mm-hmm. So how do we change that? You got to go subterranean, right? Yep. So here's the keys. The, the subconscious mind is most programmable right? It is most vulnerable to be reprogrammed, the lower your brainwave frequency. So the calmer the energy and the lower your brainwave frequency. So when you're in just action in in your life, you're in beta, you're thinking, Mm -hmm. you're conscious, Mm -hmm. you're logical, you're in beta, your subconscious mind is unaccessible at that moment. But as you lower the brainwave frequency, you get calm, you meditate, you, you're listening to affirmation CDs, you're breathing, right? That as you lower your brainwave frequencies to alpha, that's the next lower level, then what happens is the you're beginning to open, right? The pathway that, that you're trying to get to. Go to theta, and this is the this is the state that you pass through on your way to sleep every day and to wake up every morning. You're passing through theta. Theta is deep deep uh, meditative state, deep relaxation, where you're right in between conscious and unconscious. And then Delta is when you're sound asleep. So the best programming seems to be as you are falling asleep or waking up or in a deep relaxation meditative state. And in that moment, it's kind of like there's, everything is more receptive. So you can replace those early programming uh, messages, like I'm not enough and I can't do it. I'm so stupid. It'll never happen to me. And, and all of that, I don't deserve it. You can replace it with I am statements, right? I, I'm amazing. I'm unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I'm incredible. I'm brilliant. I, we can replace that. We can reprogram or rewrite the files, so to speak. And so when you do that, what you're doing is you're taking, let's say that you want this goal over here, but your subconscious is programmed to go over there. So every single time consciously you try to come this direction, it's kind of like your autopilot self-corrects and you end up over there. (laughs) So what we're going to do is change the autopilot so that it lines up with what it is you want. So when your subconscious and your conscious line up you become unstoppable. You can hit every goal you ever achieve, every intention, because you want it and you believe you can have it and you believe you deserve it. You believe you're enough. Boom. We're lining up. Now we can move easily into action. No, that is some really great stuff there, Deb. And I like the fact you were talking about the theta thing. talking about the fact that most of the day, we really can't affect our subconscious because we're consciously doing a whole bunch of different things. So Really, it seems like we're most impressionable when we're in that theta state, which is like when we get up in the morning or right before we go to bed. So that's why I've always been big on morning routine. So I will not watch the news because I want to hear about crimes, terrorist attacks, all that stuff. I have enough negativity being drilled at me all day. So that's why I try to do my things with meditation, visualization, affirmations, listening to something positive. It's first thing in the morning and also late at night. Because if you watch a scary movie right before you go to bed, you're more likely to have nightmares because yeah. it's going right into your subconscious. So, so I think that's a great point you made there. Focus early in the morning and right before you go to bed. Those are the best signs to impress upon the subconscious because that's where the theta state 
is uh, that's when you're in the theta state. So the I am affirmation, saying it with emotions is really cool. And I like you talked about the fact these things could take up to seven years. So, and so many people want everything to change yesterday. They have this instant gratification. I want to make a million dollars in my new network marketing business within the next month. Well, unless you've been doing this for 25 years and you have a big following, it's not going to happen. But you, you need to be, like you said, the seven years are going to pass anyway. You may as well try to do something good that will help work on your subconscious, your self-beliefs, getting, you know, creating that set, uh, that self-worth of yours, increasing it, cr increasing the, the security that your brain really wants and desires. So I think people, how would you, what would you recommend to people who have that because I guess because of the, way, the age we live in, there's so much instant gratification and there's a lot among entrepreneurs and network marketers. How would you tell, what would you say to someone who has that instant gratification uh, view of things that says, I need to have this happen tomorrow? How would you tell them to encourage them to think more long-term? You know, one of the things I always talk with uh, women about is I say, can, can you decide today to have a baby and decide, and tomorrow it shows up? No, there is a process that it's going to take nine months or really close to it, right? In other words, there is a process to growth and development and you can want it faster, but but the baby knows the process and mm -hmm. it will take that time. And, and it's true for anything. Look at plants, go outside and plant something mm -hmm. and ask yourself, you know, if, if you stopped watering a baby tomato plant, a seed, you put a seed in the ground and you stop watering it, after three days, you're like, yeah, it's just not going to happen. No, first of all, the growth begins going down first before it ever mm -hmm. comes up. And the, yeah. it's months and months and months before tomato comes. The point is we have examples in nature of the fact that growth takes time. Yeah. It's our human impatience, right? That has been satisfied with immediate responses that has has kind of shrunk that expectation. And so the truth is to me, I, I always say to people, go look at nature and, and recognize that the most beautiful things in nature are nourished over time to develop. And we have to get back into an understanding of loving the journey, right? Appreciating every single step of the process. And I think that I honestly, I think business and the pursuit of, um, a quarterly return, you know, hasn't helped the mindset of a long-term recognizing long-term growth. If you go over, um, you know, go to Japan, they have 50-year plans and corporations here have a quarter plan. What's, what are we going to do next mm -hmm. quarter? And it, it's partially kind of our, our American way. It, it's partially humanity, how humanity wants uh, an immediate return but I will tell you, it's one of the biggest stumbling blocks because what, what it does is it gives us false, a false narrative, right? It gives us a false evaluation. People take one step and then they want to diagnose it. Did it work? Is it working? Is it going to get me, you know, and it's like, okay, you need many steps, you know, Victor, it's one of the things I call the toddler. You have to be as tough as a toddler. It's kind of the toddler strategy. Toddlers will spend eight months to a year learning how to walk and they will fail 10,000 times. Scientists have monitored and given the number over 10,000, 100 repetition or attempts a day. 
And, and what we can, if we watch them, what we see is progress. Well, what if the toddler gave up after a month and goes, yeah, this clearly isn't working. <laughs> you know, it, nobody would be walking. But, but there is a, a fearless commitment to the end result, regardless of how long it takes. By both mother and child, by the way, you don't see moms going, you've been at this for three months. You're a loser. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, and little ones, they, they they live in a no judgment zone, right? I have I have a little, uh, you know, a little sign that I keep near myself that I'm like, no judgment, no judgment, no judgment, because we judge so fast. And it's kind of like, we have to allow for the journey to be a part of the equation, use the tools, right? Evaluate, become aware and and quit the quick judgment that we do. No, I think that those are some great points you made where we judge quickly. Everything is so short term over here. I used to work in the corporate world and I can tell you, everyone was focused on the quarterly numbers. If you miss by a penny per share, your stock prices went down the drain. Then yeah. no one has the long-term thinking in corporate America like they do in Japan, having 10, 20, 50 year plans. Everyone's like focus on the next two or three months. And that's very short-sighted thinking. I like the fact, focus on the journey. And the most successful entrepreneurs and network marketers, they all say, I focus on the journey. You're going to have your ups and your downs. You're going to make mistakes, but you learn from the mistakes. Just like the baby you were just talking about. The yeah. baby's spending eight to 10 months and the mom's like saying, I'll give up after my mom's like cheering the baby on because the baby is trying and the mom is encouraging the baby. So the baby's getting the encouragement from the parents. The baby continues and eventually the baby learns how to walk. And we need to recover that mentality in our business because we go through a couple of roadblocks. We give up. Too many people give up. And a lot of times people give up right before they're about to succeed. Like in that example of that guy who gave up three feet from the goal and think can grow rich. And people have to learn to love the process, learn to love the journey, learn to love the person you're becoming in this journey because you're developing into a stronger and better person and a more attractive person that can help so many people out if you don't give up, you're focusing on your growth and developing yourself. And, and like you said, look at nature. The, the plants, the flowers, they all take time to grow. A baby takes nine months to grow. Everything says anything good, it takes some time to grow. Les Brown talks about the bamboo tree. It takes four to five years of watering and nurturing, taking care of that bamboo tree, and it's underground for four or five years. And then in the fifth year, in, in two months, it grows 90 feet. It didn't grow 90 feet in two months. It took five years. So I love that. We need to recover that long-term vision, that long-term thinking, because if we do, we're going to accomplish more. We won't give up so much. we got to be like the little baby you were talking about. Yeah. Be... Uh, don't give up, you know, I'm gonna keep doing, I'm gonna keep doing, the baby keeps getting up and up and up and up. And yeah, like you said, up to 10,000 times, the baby's gonna fall, but eventually it learns how to walk. So if we could develop the mindset of a baby in that aspect, we could do so much better with our business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's true, it's true, it's exciting. Yeah, so uh, what I would like to, another thing, thing I'd like to ask you about, which I think is very important because this affects so many entrepreneurs and network marketers, and I'm sure you, with a lot of the women you work with, is the importance of self-talk because so much of what we say to ourselves is so negative, especially a lot of it, we don't even reckon, we don't even pay attention because it's very subconscious. We want to do something, but subconscious is saying, oh, you can't do that. Don't even think about doing that. So can you talk a little bit about the importance of self-talk and how people can work on eliminating the negative self-talk and focus on developing positive self-talk? Yeah. Self-talk is so important because um, 
the most important person in the world is listening to every word you say, and that's you. You know, you mm -hmm. are you are absorbing and you are listening. But what's really interesting is most of the self-talk that we do isn't even ours. It's stuff we have heard and we are parroting it, right? We, we become little parrots repeating the negative stuff, the comments, the questions, everything that we have heard other people say. And so just, I mean, just listen to that for a second. So in other words, I'm repeating the garbage that everybody else has said to me throughout my life. But what I'm saying to myself in this moment is shaping my future. So I'm dragging all of the past poop, so to speak, right from my past. And I'm guaranteeing that I'm going to infect my future with the past stuff. So self-talk is kind of like, it, it's the place to help you stop the negative, right? It's like right here, right now, I got to stop that stuff. So the number one key is awareness. And it is the, it's the first step. It's the toughest step. And it is a step that you will be perfecting for the rest of your life. And that is, you have to be able to hear yourself say it. Um, and, and this is the challenge, isn't it? You know, I've had so many people come to me and say, you know, I, I think I need a coach. And you know what I always say is, of course you need a coach. Every human being on the planet needs a coach. And you know why? Because we are so conditioned to rattle off this, the self-talk of our past that we've lost conscious awareness of it. So how can you change something you're not aware of? You can't. What a coach always helps you do is they can hear it because they're looking at you from a different perspective. So there are things in our mind called blind spots. Blind spots are scotomas. They are blocks, right? That it, it's like a, the horse that has those little blinders on, right? They can't uh, see anything right or left. Yeah, yeah. We have the same thing. We have these blinders. We can't see anything else. Now, a coach can see a different perspective and they can hear, but so can, an, so can a friend or an accountability buddy, right? And I'm always telling people, yeah, yeah, if you can't hire a coach, get an accountability buddy, get a running partner, right? Get somebody who can play with you, that can listen to you. And you have to give them permission to say, I want you to tell me what you hear me saying. Repeat it back to me. Tell me what, what you're hearing. Because as we reflect back to each other, the words we're, we're using and the pictures we're creating and the emotions that those are establishing, then what happens is we become, then we become consciously aware. We can hear it ourselves. But at the beginning, it's really hard to hear. Uh, so here's the thing about self-talk. There's two ways to do this. One, get an accountability partner or a, a coach to help you see what you can't see. And then the second side of the equation is practice with scripted self-talk because you know, you know, it's already positive and you know, it's, it's done well. So that's why affirmation statements are so powerful. I've made this neuro tool at uh, two different ones. You can, you can actually get for free, but there are two neuro tools that I've created that are called binaurals. And what that means is you have I am messages that come in stereo on one side and you are messages that come in on the other. So the you are messages, the idea is those are coming from a loving other, should have been a parent, you know, somebody in your life who loved and adored you and told you how amazing you were. So it's, you are incredible. You are unstoppable. You are amazing. It's from that perspective. 
And then the other side is I am. So it's the declaration side of the equation. Now, what's interesting is when you try to, when you try to change your self-talk, there is a part of your brain, right? That's trying to hold you stuck. The critical thinking mind that will say, no, that's not true. When you say I'm rich, I'm wealthy. Mm-hmm. That, that critical thinking judgmental mind will say, are you kidding? Have you looked at your checkbook? You're just lying to yourself. And so what's happening is that part of the brain is actually blocking, right? The good stuff you're trying to feed your brain. So what we do is a process that neuroscientists call bombardment. We are bombarding the brain. If you remember playing as a kid, a dodgeball, if you had one ball going back and forth, you could dodge that all day long. But bombardment is a game where we play with 10 balls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's yeah. 10 balls. And so, you know what? Sooner or later, you're going to get hit. I don't care how good you are. You're going to get hit because you got 10 balls coming. You can't get out of the way. And so that's what we're doing with the brain is we're going to bombard the brain with so much you are, I am stuff that if it tries to block one side, the other side is getting in, you're getting hit, right? And so these recordings do this. It put it puts you, your brainwave frequency in a low frequency. So we are calming the mind, opening up the subconscious mind, and then we are bombarding right it with messages based on you know what the focus is but messages that then you can turn around and begin to use intentionally so i'd say victor the first thing is you got to become aware and the second thing is you want to use tools that are already there for you that have positive messages that are going to lead you where you want to go well thank you that was really good that number one start with awareness and number two bombard from both sides and i remember being playing dodgeball as a kid i got bombarded yeah there was when i had seven balls thrown at me i wasn't that good to escape them so you bombard on one side with the i am message with the binaurals and then the other side you are so that yeah your brain the critical judgment part of the brain cannot escape it so i I love that just keep bombarding it again and again day in and day out eventually the message is going to take into the brain so i don't think a lot of people are aware of that but I, I, I kind of had some words, but I wasn't fully aware until you explained it about why bombardment works because you're being bombarded on several different sides. There's no way your brain can prevent it from entering into and accepting it. So I love that. I'm gonna work on that myself because no matter how far you've come, there, you can always work on overcoming the most. We all have some, and like you said, the first step is to become aware of it and keep working on improving. Because this is the thing, negativity keeps hitting us day in and day out. It, it, do, you, do you agree with the statement that our mind is like a garden? If you don't do anything to it, weeds are gonna pop up. So you constantly have to work on it and nurture and water every day to develop the nice garden. So, uh, uh, you know, so you're, 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 you, you don't have to do anything to have weeds, negative stuff going to your mind, but you to to really water nurse you have to work on it day in and day out take care of nurture just like you do a garden yeah you know i think people are always saying how long do i have to do this and and i i would say you have to treat your mind like you would treat your body mm-hmm. so it, you know people don't say how often do i have to shower how many days am i really gonna have to well if you want to be clean you got to shower every day you know so if you want your mind to follow the direction you want it to go. You got to feed your mind every day and weed out. You're right. Weed out the negative and plant more of the positive. It is a daily process. It is for the rest of your life. If you're breathing, you're doing mindset work. No, absolutely. You kind of remind me of that Zig Ziglar statement, you know, 
motivation doesn't last. And he says, neither does Bain. That's why I recommend you do both daily. You have to work on it daily. So, <laughs> so yeah, I like that. Treat your mind like your body. You have to work it. You've got to keep it clean. Otherwise, it's going to, yep. you know, it's going to get negative. So one other thing I'd like to ask you about, because you talked about, you know, realizing you have control of what happens in your mind is one thing I've learned from a number of people like Brian Tracy and Jack Campbell is the point to take 100% responsibility for your life and what happens to you. Because a lot of times, yeah, we've all had bad things happen to us. You, you, you know, I know you've said so you've gone through abuse and stuff like that. And, but yet, despite what you went through, you took 100% responsibility for what happens to you. Because very often, it's so easy for people to blame the government, their parents, their spouses, kids, brothers, sisters. And because of that, I think it's one of the major reasons why people don't succeed in network marketing, because I believe it, it forces them to have an a external locus of control instead of an internal locus of control and that they don't want, they don't become problem or solution on So what are your thoughts about taking full responsibility for your life? Well, I would never recommend taking full responsibility for your life unless you want to end up where you want to end up. I mean, it, you know, if, if you just want to show up, right. it's kind of like, you know, it, it's like everything else. And like, if, if you just want to show up and float and just go where the tides take you and the winds take you, th then there's no need to take responsibility. But if you have an intention in mind right. Right. of where you want to end up, then taking responsibility is your only solution. It's the mm -hmm. only solution yeah. because, because, and let me just say this, it's the reason people want to push off and blame something else is it's a natural, first of all, natural human response. So don't beat yourself up for it if you've got that going on. But here's the truth. When you can blame another, then you can stay where you are uh, and be settled, be comfortable. You can settle into this space, mm -hmm. right? Um, and the, and you blame others for this space. It's the it's the simplest solution. It's the easiest option. When you take responsibility, what you're saying is, I I am in charge. I can make a change. I'm not settling for this spot. I will do what is required. And and honestly. Victor, that is a higher level human experience. I, I just got to be honest. It is way easier to blame others and stay in a uncomfortable position than it is to claim responsibility and direct your life path. But honestly, let's just let's just kind of come back to the real the real bottom line here, which is, you know, Forbes magazine, they they did a study a while back and and the end of their study gave them this result. The number one indicator on whether or not someone, any individual will be successful as an entrepreneur, whether that's network marketing or anything else, right? Number one indicator is their willingness to be uncomfortable, their, their tolerance with stepping into the unknown, right? With taking a risk, with trying something new. And so if that if that's the number one indicator, what it really says is you have to be self-responsible if you are going to step into the unknown. You gotta you gotta learn to be comfortable with with not knowing, uh, with feeling a little uncertain, with expanding your set point, with facing your fears, with managing your mindset. 
you're going to you're going to have to take responsibility for those things and and move forward. Otherwise, otherwise just throw your hands up in the air and say, "Well, it's not my fault." Okay, that's fine, but then don't don't say you're going to be an entrepreneur and not take self-responsibility. Those two things are incompatible. Yeah. No, that's very that's a really great point. There's a lot of uncertainty if you're going to be an entrepreneur and now a marketer because there's nothing fixed. There's no certain things that are going to happen. There's there are so much uncertainty. Like you say, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because you got to learn to deal with things that will pop out of nowhere. And if if you want the steady paycheck every two weeks, you should probably just stick with a regular, which is okay. And that's what yeah. the vast majority of people do. But if you if if you really want to grow. And be self-responsible. That's what you. Those are some of the things you need to be a successful entrepreneur. As you mentioned from the Forbes article you just uh, told us about. So I think that's a great point to understand. So, it's for so, if people want to be an entrepreneur, you have to keep them. Are you willing to deal with this uncertainty? Deal with you know being uncomfortable because there's a lot of things that are going to pop up. I don't know. I've been doing this for the last seven years. There's so many things. I, I, everything seems to be going in a groove and then this thing pops up, just throws everything out of wax. I have a choice saying, do I, do I give up or do I say, let me figure out a way around this. What can I do? What can I learn from this that just happens to me? And I choose to focus on the latter. And like you said, it's not an easy thing to do because you have to go to a higher level. And sometimes the people around you may not understand your journey. And sometimes they may want to keep you down because I, I, it seems like it's easier to stay at your level than to go to the next level and be at the same level where your friends are. So sometimes you may need to develop a new group of friends because those are the people that will help support you on your journey. I think it's very, I, from my life, from my experience, it seems to me that surrounding myself with a lot of people who are on that same journey as I am has helped make my journey easier because they are, they are supportive of my dreams. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, I, I, uh, when we talk about flexibility, flexibility goes hand in hand with responsibility. Um, and, and there is a, there is a mindset that um, is necessary to be an entrepreneur, but it's more than just necessary. It, it's what causes an entrepreneur to flourish. And, you know, all, all radical up-leveling of the human experience have occurred out of something breaks and we find a better way to deal with it, right? As, as a human being, something isn't working and we entrepreneurs, we come up with a better solution. And honestly, all growth happens that way. You know, when you said, um, and this was our thinking my entire life, our whole thinking has been, if you want a steady paycheck, go get a job. But I think the pandemic has has mm -hmm. caused us to question that. Yeah. You know, it, it is it really that stable <laughs> to be employed <laughs> by, you know, some big company and and to go somewhere else to, you know, I I think that what we are learning is the world is changing. Things are things are shifting, mm -hmm. and we have to shift with them. And you know what? That's one of the toughest things for people who are comfortable and set in their box to do is to learn how to think like an entrepreneur, to be creative, to be solution oriented, right? To instead of just show up to actually be a part of a solution, it is a much uh, harder thing to do. It's a much more challenging to do. It's a much more rewarding thing to do. And it may be the only way to survive, 
right? It, it may just be that the days of showing up and waiting to be directed by someone else, those days may be limited. And so I would say to everybody, every human being on the planet should be an entrepreneur. Um, everyone, because the journey will help you up-level who you are as a human being and prepare you for whatever is coming. Don't think this is the last pandemic that we're going to experience. Don't, don't think this is the last work stoppage we're ever going to have. That would be foolish for us to believe that. And so we, we need to get moving. As a human race, we need to get moving. We, we've got to come up with more creative ways to solve humanity's challenges. And that's where the reward is. Intrinsic and, and external rewards come from our ability to handle that. So Victor, I think what you are doing and what you are promoting and what you are teaching and what this podcast does, I think this is fundamental to survival and to thriving. And so I just, I know we're almost out of time here, but I just want to say, dude, I think what you do is amazing. And I just want to say to you and your listeners, keep it up because this is the journey and the path to real freedom. Thank you so much that I really appreciate it. And, and that, those are some great points you just made there. Like when you're an entrepreneur, you will learn how to deal with obstacles and uncertainty. And right now, this is a time of uncertainty and we'll probably have further times of uncertainty. I think a lot of people are looking at, at things differently. Some people are more open-minded to be an entrepreneur or network marker or something else where they do some kind of work from home. So I know we're coming close to the end of our time because I know you have another appointment. Uh, the last question I have for you is, Number one, can you talk a little bit about the ICANN Institute that you run? And also, what is the best way for people to contact you if they want to reach out to you? Right, right. Well, I would say, uh, first of all, ICANN Institute is the company I created um, to really free uh, the women of the world. That was my whole focus was, you know what, I want to give women the tools to create that bridge, right? To manage their mindset and move themselves into action no matter where they're going. And then what I discovered is a lot of guys came to me and said, well, why only women? Because <laughs> because so many men are kind of already bought into force. And this is really more about flow, right? It's about mm -hmm. finding ease and grace and moving with energy and, and retraining the mind. So the truth is we, we serve everyone. We even have a kid's program, right? To help children really learn how to manage their mindset. Um, but that's what I can institute is our, our key focus uh, though is probably women in network marketing. Um, because they are going to influence families and mm -hmm. men and children. So it kind of helps with the entire thing. Entrepreneurs of all kind will find a home here. Um, so what we do is we teach through the neurosystem, the ICANN neurosystem. And, and basically what that does is that gives you the opportunity to really look at how, how we learn. So learn it. We first start with learning it. That's where we give you the awareness, the, the training, the neuro training, the, the skill set training that goes with that training, right? To be more successful. So you're learning a process. Then the second phase is really about doing it. And that's the piece where I feel like we just don't do enough of. We, we learn, learn, learn. We're all excited about the cognitive experience and understanding and reading a new book, but we, nobody gets really excited about applying 
what we're learning. And this is where mm -hmm. the neural tools come in to help mm -hmm. you apply. So I don't just say to you, go do it. I'm, I'm saying to you, yes, you need to go do this, but here's the tool to help you get past the fear to move yourself into action. And then the third phase is really living it. That's the repetition. And that's where, yes, we have coaching. Uh, yes, we have a weekly mentorship people can be a part of so they can get feedback they can ask questions and get personal support and assistance. So all of that is available inside this system. And then those systems are available to people inside of a membership. So you can join a membership and get access to the system, all the tools, all the training, all that. Um, but I, here's what I would say the best way to connect with us is go to ICANninstitute.com. That's the website, ICANninstitute.com backslash free. ICANninstitute.com backslash free. Um, and I think there's a second backslash, but I think it goes either way. But here's the key. That's going to give you access to our new app. We have a brand new app. It's free. Uh, you can get a guest membership to that app by going just where I told you and getting yourself registered. You can try out some of these neuro tools for free. And that would be, I would suggest a great place to start to see whether it resonates, right? To see whether it, it kind of aligns for you and you're like, oh, this, this is working. I feel better. I can, I, I can see that I'm, I'm talking different to myself. So I'd say, go do that. I can institute.com backslash free sign up for the free guest membership and tip, tip your toe in the water and try out some of these binaural re, you know, neural tools we've been talking about, test it out in your own life. Awesome, that is great. So definitely try out some of those free uh, neuroscience tools on iCanInstitute.com slash free. Go to the app, try out some of those tools because Deb has some of the most amazing neuroscience tools out there. If you really want to take your network marketing business to the next level, overcome those mental blocks, improve your mindset, she is one of the best. I highly recommend Deb. As you heard, she dropped a lot of wisdom, a lot of great value, and you'll learn a lot from this one. So listen, Deb, thank you so much for being here. I know you have a very busy schedule, so we appreciate you taking some time to be here with us and sharing all your wisdom and knowledge. I appreciate it. I know the audience appreciates it. And uh, thanks again. And have yourself an amazing day, Deb. You too. Thanks, Victor. You're the best. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.